Welcome to the Woolwork Podcast. Well, hello. Where has the time gone? I can't quite believe that we're almost very nearly at the end of October. In fact, the clocks change tomorrow. And so it's been quite a while um, since we last sat down and spoke like this. Um, Welcome to episode 126. Uh, If you are a new listener, hello. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. I confess that I started to write these notes for this episode um, quite a while ago. Hadn't felt the urge to sit down and record. And in fact, the urge has come up come upon me today um, and I really have a poor setup because I'm sitting in the bedroom and the noise you can probably hear in the background uh, is the boiler <laughs> and my computer and I'm just hoping that that it's not too bad. Like I say, I can't quite believe where the time's gone, I can't believe we're getting ready to change the clocks again an hour back commented to my colleague we've only recently been able to go back into our place of work um, after being in lockdown and um, the clocks hadn't been changed uh, from when the clocks went forward and uh, my colleague and I were going to set about changing all the clocks and we were like "Mm, no (laughs) it doesn't really make any difference because they'll just be changing back again Um, so Yeah, time is a very, very, very funny concept at the moment. How are you doing? I hope you're all well. I hope you're all as cheery as can be. I hope that the bizarre landscape of which we now inhabit has has been okay. And if you are well, I'm glad you're well. And if you have been unwell, I hope you have had friends and loved ones around you to look after you. Like I said, I started writing notes for this episode a while ago and I I find that this has been a period of drafts and drafting. In fact, I'm going to call this episodes on drafts and on drafting um, because I've done a lot of different kinds of drafts recently. Um, and I don't know if it's in the change of the seasons or it's something of the COVID times, but I seem to be writing a lot. And I write a lot, and I put a line through a lot of things, and then I take more notes, and I scribble over that, and um, note-taking on notes. Does anyone do that? Take notes on your notes? Writing notes on my pattern of where I've been, and then putting a line through that, and five-bar tallies, and things like that. And, yeah, I... I've been writing a lot and um, scoring it a lot, but I feel like it's all it's all good. And this is the time of year where I like to usually like to buy a lot of notebooks and new stationery. And when we moved, I realised that I had quite a lot of notebooks I hadn't written in. So I tried to tell myself that I wasn't going to buy any notebooks um, and make good use of of them. And I think that is good use. I don't see drafts and scribbling out things as a bad thing as such. Um, it's all work in progress, isn't it? I don't screw up bits of paper and, and recycle them. I tend to keep a note of the things that I have once had a note of and, and put a line through because 
sometimes they come around again with more coherence um, at another time. And some are waiting for more inspiration and some take more precedence over others. I mean, I have a list of things that has priorities of things have been juggled and I think it's all part of that same process. Some of those tasks and notes and drafts are more fruitful uh, and others have been less fruitful. Some of the drafts that I have been drafting of late have been drafts on wool exploration notes and wool exploration posts and no we do not have any wool exploration this episode that was something that I put a line through it's merely a time factoring thing we will have our Zorkla's wool exploration soon I am very aware that uh, we haven't got to our Zorkla's or our white uh, face woodland or our Shropshire but we will you know We'll get there. We might just get there in 2021. But yeah, I uh, have been draft creating drafts of woolwork posts for Instagram. And more about that when that idea is a timed season. But I think I mentioned last time that I'd quite like to do set up a, a, word, uh, a word exploration, a wool exploration Instagram um, so that I can share some of these breeds and some of our collaborative reviews so that's a draft waiting to become fruitful. And I've done a lot of drafting of blog posts. And one of these drafts, one, uh, made it to fruition. Uh, and hurrah for that one. I posted on my last cast off. And actually, no, that's not actually true. <laughs> you see, I wrote this draft before I finished my last cast off. Um, but if you're on the website, you'll see that there's a new menu option at the top of the screen uh, called My Makes. And this is where I'm going to file posts related to anything I finish in knitting or sewing. I don't want to waste much breath about Ravelry. But I think I mentioned last time that I intend to use the website as my place to post finished objects and all the important information about that make. Uh, so you can see... That post, uh, the second last thing I finished, uh, which was the Greer shawl by um, Isabel Kramer, I think, off the top of my head, and some pictures of that. Um, I also have finished another item since the last time I wrote my notes for this, which is my Lush cardigan. I finished my Lush cardigan in Wednesdale Longwell Sheep Shop Double Knit. So that is another uh, cast-off post uh, of my makes that I will have to add to the blog. Talking about Ravelry, I am still thinking about what we can do as an alternative to the community space we shared on that particular website. I'm hopeful that when we get the website changes done before the end of the year to will work, that I'll have some answers on that. And I've been very thankful for the suggestion of Mighty Networks. Lots of people have been telling me that you are in different groups um, hosted by Mighty Networks. I do need to try out a few more of these um, groups. I did join up to a few before I commit. It feels hell of a Facebookish to me and I'm not interested in Facebook and I'm not hugely interested in that kind of a community, I think. <laughs> um, I think uh, you know my feelings about Facebook. 
you know, there's already so much social media um, to be involved with. Uh, but what I liked about the group that we have or had is that it's a forum and I don't know, there's just something I liked about that. And I know you did too. And um, I think there is the possibility with the new website that we could have a forum function that's connected to that. But I need to look into that a bit more and I need to look at the security of that uh, and things like that. So that's another thing on my list. Uh, But I'm looking into it. Uh, Other drafts this month have included an outline for a talk. Um but I can't say anything more about that, so keep your peepers peeled for that, and I will share um, when I can tell you more about that. I find the notes facility on my phone gets used a heck of a lot. I don't know if any of you do this. Um, I find it a really quick way, if I don't have a pen and paper um, to hand, to quickly write down things. And sometimes it's things like things I have to do, and other things it's observations, sometimes it's lists, And sometimes I don't even know what the heck it was that I was writing about. Um, Sometimes it's things to do with knitting. Um, For example, I've got uh, Yanis' sweater, possibility for Bluebell Yarns Jacob. So that's, that's useful. That's, you know, that's intelligible. Then I have things like songs. Uh, Tilted, Christina and the Queens, Think About Things, Daddy Freire. Now, I don't know what those songs were for. Those are definitely songs. But what I was going to do with them, I don't quite know. Um, they're good songs. A uh, note about the, the sitting room window size for curtains. Then here's a Shetland word, a frog. Noun, reflux of waves after having broken on the shore. How nice is that? So every now and again, I just write things down in my notes. Um, And sometimes, as I say, they're just a bit strange. Let me see if I can find one that's just unintelligible. Notes on spinning. Notes for the doctor. Uh, Notes that have become stories on Instagram. Uh, Let's talk a little about reading the room when you read posts when someone is talking about how marginalised or injured or discriminated or how not included they feel. Please stop before you reply. If you're commenting to disagree or give your own experience of a similar situation or to give unsolicited advice, just think. Think about the fact that they're talking about their experience, something that has affected them. Read their post again. If you wish to give unsolicited advice, think whether that is actually appropriate. That definitely became an Instagram story and there's probably more notes in there besides. So yeah, lots of drafts, lots of notes. I used to get very upset and at odd bits of notes, unfinished sentences, unfinished posts, notes on my phone, drafts of emails, though to be fair, I blame the changes to Outlook, um, which seemed to make it very easy for me to accidentally open up a new email on my work PC when I don't mean to. Um, I deleted 78 blank emails from my draft folder just the other day. Um, But I I seem to get more zen about shedding notes here and there and picking them up and then they'll form part of another idea or a story or a plan. And who knows, it might even become an episode of a podcast.
The autumn equinox um, has passed and moved over into that special time of year, this engoldening, as I like to call it. Um, autumn is a brief season, particularly in Scotland, so we enjoy the bounty it has to offer if it indeed gets the chance to give us that lovely autumnal window of, of the year. Uh, one thing that I have noticed is that the edge or threat of winter is in the air um, and I've started to not only think about wool for my body uh, but wool for the home. Uh, do you have a woolly home? I know that some of us have enough of a stash to insulate our homes. I asked on social media a couple of weeks ago what were the things in your home which were wool-based that you couldn't live without and wool stash and handmade clothes were not included in that and uh, it was really nice uh, and joyful actually to see so many of you answer with wool bedding um, from beds to pillows to every layer in between um, and blankets were were high up there on the list as well and wool rugs and wool carpets um, I've never used any wool bedding so I thought it would be really useful to have a little look at the companies in the UK who are selling such woolly delights for the bedroom. Of course, we all know the benefits of wool. Uh, it's hypoallergenic. Um, it has antibacterial properties. It's also resistant to dust mites, mould and mildew. It's a really great temperature regulator, uh, warm and cool, um, and great for wicking moisture away from the body. It's long-lasting, hard-working, flame-resistant, and obviously I could go on and on, but you get the point um, as to why wool would be best utilised in the home in addition to on our needles. Um, the businesses that my chums on Instagram you wanted to tell me about um, are as follows, and this is listed in the popularity as mentioned um, in the feedback to that Instagram post. So Bave, um, it looks like Bavet but obviously it's Bave, like do they, uh, is run by Roger and Leslie Payne, who struck on the ideal idea to create wool duvets back in 2009, when it was really a novel idea. Um, wool that Bave uses sourced in Britain, fully traceable. It, most of it comes from Wales and is scoured and milled in Yorkshire. Uh, their website is a real treat of info and frequently ask questions about wool and I heartily recommend you take a read. Um, I'll first let you know of the web address which is www.bavet.co.uk www.bave.co.uk I'm just going to give you a, a, a basic rundown of, of prices on the website. So they have wool duvets, which start at £91. They make uh, pillows, which start at £36. And they have mattress protectors, also from £91. And throws. And most recently, they've added a wool-layered mattress um, to their shop. They also make pet beds, which Isla P1K1 said that Fizzdog heartily recommended the Bave pet beds. What I love most about the pillows though is that, and a few people have, have recommended this, is that you can choose different levels of plumpness and your pillows can be adjusted by adding more wool nips or taking some out. 
Now, I mean, I have neurological issue, which means I need sometimes need different heights of pillows, and I kind of have three pillows that I sometimes have two, sometimes have one, sometimes have all three, um, depending on pain and pressure. So the idea that you could whip out or add wool um, could be a game changer, I think. Also, I don't think the wool will flatten like synthetic fibre, so I reckon that that eventual pillow flop won't happen as readily with wool. There's actually a lovely BBC interview with Roger and Leslie on YouTube, and I'll link to that in the show notes, which you can find um, on the website. Um, so that's Bave. I have to say Bave. Um, Adam Curtis Online and Real Shetland Wool Company. You'll have heard me mention the Real Shetland Wool Company before, uh, and Adam Curtis before, and along with Jimson Smith, they are all under the parent company of Curtis Wool Direct. And a few years ago, I visited Curtis Wool Direct with Felix Ford, and we got a great tour from Martin Curtis. Um, their emphasis is, of course, on Shetland wool from Shetland. Um, so. Always nice to hear people say they have been enjoying anything made from Shetland Wool. Um, and Adam Curtis Wool and um, Real Shetland Wool Company were um, high up on the list uh, that was fed back via Instagram. Uh, Shetland Wool Bedding is available from Adam Curtis Online. Uh, the website is adamcurtisonline.co.uk. Their duvets and pillows are made in the UK from 100% Shetland wool. The duvets are from single to king size and they come in different weights from light to heavy and pillows come in soft or firm with a standard size um, as well as a king size pillow. Didn't know you get king size pillows but obviously it makes sense if you have a king size bed. Um, At the time of recording, uh, they're are some really cracking discounts available on the bedding. Double duvets currently start at £145, usually um, £205, and pillows start at £36. That's really cracking. Blankets were also a top recommend um, from people on Instagram, so I would ask that you have a look at the Shetland blankets from Adam Curtis online. I mean, obviously, again... I am totally biased. That is my home breed. Um, but there are also British wool throws too. And purchasing certain styles will see a donation to Martin's House, a charity which provides hospice care for children and young people. And I will also put a link to that in the show notes. In addition to bedding and blankets, I encourage you to have a good look at Adam Curtis online. Anyway, there are sheepskins, rugs, yarns, tops and patterns too. I didn't realise that they also had a really great range of British wool yarns called the Coconut Collection, uh, Worsted Spun uh, in Aran, Double Knit, Four Ply and Chunky, I think. Um, Looks fantastic. Lots of wonderful woolly goodies um, to be had. And um, I must try and dig out some of the photos from when Felix and I went to the Howarth Wool Scaring because that was a great day, good fun. Another website which is a lot of great choice in 
home wares, home wools, <laughs> is the wool room. Uh, there is a lot of great items for sale on their website and a lot of claims about how great wool is as a sleep aid and an aid to comfort and temperature. Looks all well backed up with some good data. They are thewoolroom.com. Um, includes some sleeping guides and detailed product information and frequently asked questions. This, again, could be another one-stop wool shop for every kind of wool product for your home and for the bedroom, uh, including mattresses and stuff for your living room, for your kids' room, for your homewares. Uh, the wool room's range of bedding comes in classic, luxury and deluxe range. The latter two ranges contain wool which is entirely traceable through their association with an organisation called Wool Keepers, which, full disclosure, I haven't looked into yet, but they appear to be associated with Red Tractor and they look at standards and marketing for wool. Something to look into for another episode. Uh, Each range from the wool room has within it a range of warmth from light to medium and to warm. And pillows start at £35 for their classic range to £120 for their luxury range. And duvets start from around £45 for their classic range towards £300 to the luxury end. And obviously that is for the lighter duvets up to the heavier ones. Uh, And there are also machine washable, um, which uh, is interesting. And that... They've been made machine washable by going through the process which we knitters would know as superwashing, which is a chemical process. So like I say, the wool room, good with the facts, they have information on their website, um, which claims no chemicals are left on the duvets themselves. And again, they have that adjustable pillow, which sounds really good um, to me. I love that idea. Oh, and they also say they don't use plastic in their packaging. So yay for that. Uh, lastly, uh, the uh, other company that you fed back to me was Devon Duvets, which is a family-run business owned by husband and wife team Dick and Pauline Bajan in Devon. Devon Duvets use 100% certified British wool and they draw from their expertise of skilled seamstresses to create truly bespoke wool bedding. Uh, With that expertise, they say they have created a special needling technique which enables consistent thicknesses throughout their duvets and pillows and they say they don't become patchy and the wool doesn't clump together um, over time. Uh, There are some great videos on their website of their products and processes. I was really interested in their pillows which I found fascinating. Firstly, there is uh, their wool pillow, which is £55. But they also sell um, pillows called two-fold pillows, which are £59. Three-fold pillows, which are £69. Or four-fold pillows, which are £79. And each offers a different uh, light to firm support. But the folding of these pillows is just genius. So they fold up into a regular pillow shape. With the three and four fold versions, you can adjust the neck support by rolling one of the folds. I totally, I'm not explaining it very well, but I really encourage you to watch the video demonstration of this. Because again, for someone like me who sometimes needs neck support, that would be a game changer. So they are devonduvets.com and I'll put a link to their folding pillow video in the show notes. 
The folding pillows don't seem to be adjustable in terms of adding or subtracting the filling. I should kind of make that clear. Folding is amazing and you can unfold them, like un totally unfold them and air them out um, regularly, which is a super idea. So we've done drafts of the writing variety and we've done drafts of the home variety. What else can I tell you about? Because that's sort of the end of my notes. Well, like I say, this is my favourite favourite time of year. Traditionally autumn, but I've spoken about this before, how I love the start of the academic year. I have since I was at uni. I think it's got loads of potential. I always want to buy new notebooks, new pens, new reading books, a new hat, new scarf. Um, and even before I knitted, I used to go out and buy a hat and scarf. And this year it's weird. <laughs> it's just weird because or the universities are back, colleges are back, but it's not it's not like the start of any academic term that anyone has ever known. It's 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 strange and it's bizarre. And I suppose it takes markers like that in the year. It's it's a time of year that you're set up to expect certain things or do certain things or see certain people and it's different for some of us that those points may have there may have been many of them during the covid times and we may have been made starkly aware on many occasions how this year is just not like any other um but i think i said before um you know i think i'd been in practice all my life to live indoors with lots of knitting and not having to see anybody and not have to do anything and you know I have it's been fine you know you know the lockdown period it, it was okay as okay as it could be even though we were in a horrible flat and now we've moved and we're in a lovely flat and that's all good but um but yeah this the beginning of autumn and the change of into my favourite season and and we're still mainly working from home and the world's still weird and not getting any less weird. And um, yeah, I was kind of missing that whole time, even though I'm not a student anymore. I work in a university, you know, I see that that this time of year means a lot to students. I see the I see them with their new shoes and their new hat scarf and their new books and their new stationery and I, you know, I feel delighted for them. Um, and it's been very different this year. Um, but a few weeks ago, I went um, up north with a couple of friends to a house of a friend and we spent just a few days outside walking. It wasn't a holiday for a holiday's sake, you know, going to museums and things like that. It was a holiday for being with friends in an extended bubble. This was before the restrictions changed again, but I don't I don't need to explain myself. But yeah, we spent a couple of days just walking up in Aviemore, just in King Craig, just enjoying the weather and it was perfectly autumnal. In fact it was the we went um during the uh, the day before the autumn equinox and I filled my pockets with pine cones and cast off bits of birch bark and 
windblown oak moss, which I used as dye um, when we came back for yarn, which was lovely. And um, oh, it just felt so good to see the change of the season um, and revel in my favourite season a little bit. And it was just really good to be outdoors and mark the season. And in fact, we did be in the equinox. It was... It was just good to be out in nature and grind ourselves a bit and at the time of the equinox when the sun passed from north to south or south to north or whatever it does, um, we planted ourselves next to some trees and hoped to be like them, you know, bending and growing, adapting and letting go and that was a good motto and I still kind of hold on to that a little bit, you know, it's whatever happens... We could all stand to be a bit more tree. <laughs> and since coming back, I've um, tried to get out a bit more. Um, and I'm very lucky now, um, very, very close to our new flat, there is a walkway down to the Water of Leith. And I just go out there as regularly as I can and just sit and watch. There's a, a bit of a weir and I can watch the ducks and swans and the other day I sat with a heron and regarded the heron and the heron regarded everything else apart from me and I came back knowing that there was a poem about a heron I I, I kind of skipped forward on what I was going to say because I was talking about books I was going to talk about that when <laughs> when we were up north um, the only shop we went to was the bookmark in Grantons Bay and I bought some poetry books and um, I'm not good at I love poetry, I absolutely love it I'm not good at remembering poems I can only ever remember a line here or there and it, I usually can't remember who the poet was or I get them mixed up um, but I love to read them from the book and I like to whisper them aloud when we were in Grantons Bay I bought Jackie Kay's book Bantam Jackie Kay is the current Scots macker. And I also picked up Barbara Kingsolver's new poetry book, How to Fly, in 10,000 Easy Lessons. And last episode, I read that prose poem by her, Where It Begins, and you all said lovely things about that, which was very kind. Um, and I linked to that because it was in an online magazine. Um, but I'm glad to say that it's published in this lovely um, book, by Fabian Faber, hard, in hardback it's just come out. I might read something from that before the end of the podcast. Um, I'm all of a muddle now, I can't remember, <laughs> I was talking about Helen's poems. I had a migraine this week, so um, I <laughs> let's blame it on that. So I was talking about autumn, buying new books, buying poems, um, enjoying autumn in Kincaid, being out in nature, seeing a heron and then yes when I was there I remembered that there was a poem about herons I'm sure I had a poem about herons pretend that was seamless okay (laughs) um yes there's a poem about heron by Norman McCaig who is one of my favorite poems poets and I have his collected poems here it's a lovely big book uh, published by Polygon and in it there is uh, a poem about a heron. He wrote poetry about most birds and beasts and had a very, very keen observance of people 
and he was from Edinburgh, but he really loves the high, loved the Highlands and Ascent and Sutherland in particular. Um, anyway, I came back needing to read a poem, and I'm going to share it with you now, if I can, if I can find it. This book has, has so many different markers in it. It has those little sticky markers for some poems. It has half of a birthday card for another poem. Um, it has a, a receipt from Tesco's um, torn in half and the other half is marking another poem. Um, but this is a Christmas card that's marking this one. So here's... Indulge me in a little poetry. Heron. It stands in the water, wrapped in heron. It makes an absolute exclusion of everything else by disappearing in itself, yet is the presence of hidden pools and secret reedy lakes. It twirls small fish from the bright water flakes. Glog goes the small fish down. With lifted head and no shoulders at all, it periscopes round, steps like an ante, forward, gives itself shoulders and vanishes, a shilling in a pound, making no sight as other things make no sound. Until releasing its own spring, it fills the air with heron finds its height and goes, a spear between two clouds. A cliff receives it, and it is gargoyle. All around it hills, stands in the sea, wind from a brown sail spills. Yeah. I might not remember poetry enough to recite it, but I can always remember if Norman McCaig wrote a poem about something and I can come back and check it out. I might read another poem uh, by the end. I'll maybe read you something from The Barber King Solver because um, there's another one about wool in there, I think, that you might like. I don't, again, want to talk about Ravelry, but the small gestures swap has been on my mind and for those of you who don't know that was a pattern swap that we used to have hosted in the in the woolwork group on that website i just can't use that website anymore and i don't want to give it too much focus but you know having had a dreadful migraine this week you know all i had in the back of my mind was when I was coming out of it, it was knit a hat. Cast on a hat, knit a hat. I wanted something to knit. And my first thought, as it always is, was go to Ravelry. And of course I didn't, because I couldn't. Because the new version of the website is just so visually inaccessible to me. And I know it would have made me feel a lot worse had I had to go on it. Um, so, again, you know, I am looking for somewhere, somewhere else for us to hang our hats but the small gesture swap will not be happening in the same way that it usually does. But what I have been thinking about is something else that is still a small gesture and it's still a swap, um, but it's a postcard swap or a Christmas card swap if you want, 
if you send Christmas cards. During lockdown, I wrote a lot of postcards and I sent a lot of postcards. I had the feeling that I just needed to connect in a different way because everything was happening online and that was brilliant. But I also felt the need to connect in another way. And so I think it might be nice to send a postcard or a card. And I'm thinking about how best to do that. And I will post about it probably quite soon on the website because if we're doing it for Christmas and we're doing it internationally, then there are final posting dates for Christmas, which are usually around the very end of November and the very beginning of December. So I want to make sure that it's something that that we do um, for then. A letter is small, a card is small. You, you can get a stamp that, you know, if it's under 100 grams, it can go anywhere from the UK to anywhere in the world. I don't know if it's the same, vice versa. I know that there are issues with some postal services in some countries. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking that that would be a really nice way to you know, reach out. The small gestures, as well as sending patterns, you know, and us having hand knits because of it. It's also made a lot of friends. And let's not forget that there were people who were not part of that group on that website um, who listened to the podcast who might like the chance to take part. So keep an eye out on the website and on my Instagram I have already put a post on there and people seem to be quite liking the idea of a postcard swap. Uh, For anyone who doesn't follow me, I am at underscore woolwork on Instagram. Oh, that'll probably do. Do you think that'll do for one, one episode? I think I've rambled on quite enough. Maybe next time I will try and make more sense of my drafts and write some proper notes. Before I go, I thought it would be nice to read another poem. And this is from Barbara Kingsolver again, uh, from her new book, How to Fly in 10,000 Easy Lessons. Uh, Maybe I should read you the blurb in case you're interested. How to Fly in 10,000 Easy Lessons offers emotionally rich reflections on the practical, the spiritual and the wild. The book's interwoven sections form a carefully patterned whole from its how-to poems, balancing wry pragmatism with illuminating wisdom, to the quiet, clear-eyed elegies examining death and vivid slices of life. From start to finish, the poignant meditations in this generous collection trace the complex ties that bind us to one another and to an untamed world beyond ourselves. And it's published by Faber, and it costs fourteen ninety nine. It's a lovely hardback edition with very beautiful cover art. There's a lovely poem in here. Um, there's many lovely poems in here, but I'm just going to read you this one, and then I'm going to go. This is called How to Shear a Sheep. Walk to the barn before dawn. Take off your clothes. Cast everything on the ground. Your nylon jacket, wool socks and all. Throw away the cutting tools. The shears that bite like teeth at the skin when hooves flail and your elbow comes up hard under a panting throat. No more of that. Sing to them instead. 
stand naked in the morning with your entreaty. Ask them to come, lay down their wool for love. That should work. It doesn't. <laughs> I just really liked that one. Um, and I know <laughs> all of my sheepkeeping friends will be um, hooting uh, at the idea. They should lay down their wool for love. <laughs> How wonderful would that be? Next episode will be more wooly. Um, I hope you are well, dear friends and listeners, and um, do take good care. Until next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Woolwork Podcast. I was your host, Louise Scully. Full show notes with images and links can be found by following the link in the show notes on your app. Bye.